Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. TMA has a long, proud history of promoting patient rights, advocating for physicians, and providing real solutions for your practice. We can accomplish so much when we unite in one voice. Call the TMA Knowledge Center at 1-800-880-7955 or visit TexMed.org to find out how you can join or renew your membership today. Hello, I'm Cheryl Kroviak. I'm the director of the TMA Education Center and produce TMA Practice Well podcast, where through cme to go and actionable quick tips, we strive to provide physicians a reliable resource to help your practice thrive. My guest today is Jeff Drummond, partner at Jackson Walker LLP in Dallas. And Jeff is noted for his experience in advising on Texas privacy laws and HIPAA and cybersecurity concerns. Jeff, thanks for joining me for this quick tip episode to answer some of the frequent questions we get about HIPAA and Texas privacy laws. You know, many incorrectly perceive that HIPAA and Texas privacy laws are this blanket restriction and that no one can talk about or disclose any of their personal information. While these laws do protect personal health information, the rules and regulations around them establish how personal health information may be used or shared or disclosed. So let's start with who is covered by HIPAA? HIPAA applies directly to covered entities. When the statute was originally drafted, it allowed Congress to set rules relating to specific types of organizations, healthcare providers, health insurance plans, and healthcare clearinghouses. Clearinghouses are data translation companies. They stand between you and an insurance payer. You probably have a clearinghouse, but they're sort of a specialized type of organization. So the main covered entities, though, are health plans and healthcare providers. Now, not all healthcare providers are covered entities under HIPAA. Uh, only healthcare providers who engage in specific HIPAA covered transactions. Just to briefly discuss it, if you are a healthcare provider and you don't engage in HIPAA covered transactions, then you're not covered by HIPAA, even though you're a provider. Uh, so that's the who. Plans, providers, and clearinghouses are covered entities. Other entities are business associates. That's who's covered by HIPAA. What are HIPAA-covered transactions? For the most part, they're transactions, electronic transactions that occur between a payer and a provider. When you submit a bill it's a particular, and you do it electronically to a health plan, that is almost always going to be a HIPAA-covered transaction. When the health plan pays you money or asks for more information, that's also going to be a HIPAA-covered transaction. So there are some healthcare providers who are not HIPAA-covered entities. But for the most part, if you take insurance, you're almost certainly a HIPAA-covered entity. What's the importance of a business associate agreement? So when HIPAA, the law passed, uh, Congress gave itself two years to come up with a privacy rule and a security rule. And they said, if we don't do it within two years, then Health and Human Services needs to draft these rules as regulations instead of law. Congress did not draft its own privacy rule, so HHS had to draft rules. But HHS knew, because the law said so, they could only write rules that applied to 
healthcare providers who engage in transactions, health plans, and healthcare clearinghouses. HHS knew there was a bunch of other organizations who uh, dealt with data, dealt with health information, and who were even a greater risk of, of losing the information or not being secure than providers or plans. But HHS did not have the ability to directly regulate them because the statute only said plans, providers, and clearinghouses. So what HHS did is they said, well, we can't regulate these other entities, uh, billing companies, for example, or marketing companies, uh, pharmacy benefit management companies, entities like that, that have access to this data, we can't regulate them. But what we can do is make the people who were able to regulate plans, providers, and clearinghouses, we can make those covered entities push down their obligations via contract to their vendors, their billing companies, their marketers, whoever. And by virtue of that, we can impose those HIPAA requirements, not directly by law, but indirectly by contract. And so that gave birth to this, this idea of the business associate. So a business associate is a third-party entity that provides a service to a covered entity. And in connection with that service, it comes into contact with PHI somehow. So a billing company provides a service to a physician practice. And in connection with that service, the billing company is getting PHI from the practice. So that turns the billing company into a business associate and the business associate has certain obligations uh, under HIPAA. And how does the High Tech Act come into this? Prior to the High Tech Act, which revised the HIPAA statute, the High Tech Act comes along in 2009. HIPAA statute was from, 2000, uh, from 1996. Before the High Tech Act came out, we had this obligation on covered entities to sign business associate agreements and push down by contract those HIPAA obligations. Now, if your, uh, your billing company breaches HIPAA or improperly uses uh, information, the regulators can't come after them, enforcement can't come after them, but you have a contractual right to go against them. So they're contractually obligated to do so. It becomes a contractual breach. High Tech Act added some uh, direct responsibilities for these business associates under, under HIPAA. Now, business associates are, even though they're not a plan provider or clearinghouse, they are directly subject to the security rules and to a lot of the privacy rules. So that disconnection where it was only a contractual obligation has become a lot more, there are a lot more teeth to it now post high tech. Uh, but regardless, if you're a covered entity, then you need to have business associate agreements in place with your business associates, binding them to those HIPAA requirements. Even though they're, they're still obligated in certain ways, you need to make sure that you have those in place. Now, Texas has privacy laws. How are these different than HIPAA? When the HIPAA regulations first came out, the Texas legislature in 2001 said, we ought to have our own state version of HIPAA. That's such a good idea. We're going to require a couple of different things. First of all, we're going to, we don't like the fact that HIPAA only covers plans, providers, and clearinghouses. We have the ability to deal with more stuff. And so we're going to, we're going to do so. We're going to make this Texas statute apply to everybody. Secondly, we're going to have tighter restrictions on marketing. HIPAA restricts marketing, but it doesn't do it nearly as much as we'd like. And so we're going to restrict marketing further. And then finally, if PHI has been de-identified, you can't re-identify it. Later on, that Texas Medical Record Privacy Act was revised to add some specific training requirements for individuals and to require authorization if you're doing electronic disclosures of PHI. 
So when we talk about more entities being covered, it's a broader definition. Anyone who assembles or collects PHI in, co- in the connection with their business is covered under the Texas statute. So even though you have a medical practice that doesn't take any insurance, like I said, that's technically not covered by HIPAA, they're still covered by the Texas statute. So don't think that that's you, you get out of jail free that way. You have to cover both. Again, it covers less stuff, but uh, it's the same definition of PHI. It's just a, a broader definition of covered entity. You said the Texas privacy law requires training. Tell me more about what's required. Um, under the Texas statute, any entity is covered, which not just HIPAA entities, but non-HIPAA entities, uh, have to provide employee education. The employees have to sign a statement verifying that they attended it, and that training has to be provided within 60 days of hire, or for all employees, if there's any material changes in the privacy policies of the company or the privacy laws that the company is subject to. So you have to train your employees within 60 days of hire, and then you may have to retrain them again. There's no annual training requirement under either HIPAA or the Texas statute, but Annual training is probably a pretty good idea, so you ought to consider it. The training needs to be tailored to match the employee's responsibility and the company's business. So you want to to, to be tracking that as well. Thank you, Jeff, for covering those points on the HIPAA and Texas privacy laws. Do you have any next steps that practices can do now? Well, some of the things that you ought to consider doing are looking at your risk assessment and looking at your policies and procedures to make sure that you're up to date with all of the things you ought to be doing. You'll probably also uh, want to look at all your patient forms, your business associate agreements, things like that. With the HITAC Act revisions that came in 2009 and then the omnibus rule regulations, which enforced HITAC coming along in 2013, there were a few changes made to business associate agreements and notice privacy practices that you may want to look at and make sure that you're up to date. If you haven't changed those things, if your effective date on your notice privacy practices before 2013, it warrants taking a look. And then finally, train your staff. The TMA has has a presentation designed specifically for your staff, which deals with both HIPAA and Texas privacy law. As I said, Texas privacy law requires you to train your employees, so you might as well do that as well. Great. Thanks again, Jeff. The staff training and other HIPAA webinars can be found in the TMA Education Center at www.texmed.org forward slash education under the mandated training topic, or you can click the link in the episode description. We hope you found this episode beneficial. To receive more helpful tips like those in this episode, like and follow TMA Practice Well Podcast. Until next time. Stay well.